0: Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised.
1: There is a Gorgon inside the box, and we want to figure out what it is doing. Unfortunately, we will turn to stone if we see her face, and she might try to make us look. Join Becca playing Vector, Jorin playing Nila, Monica playing Maxine, and Tillman as the Game Master in Think Before Asking. An Eclipse Phase Scenario written by Anders Sandberg. Please follow Twin Cities by Night on social media and consider supporting us on Patreon. Enjoy. Over break time we collected. Both Maxine and Nila have medicine on hand. Maxine is taking her servitor robot as a potential spy drone. Hopefully it won't draw any attention, being just a cleaning robot. And Vector, I think you wanted to look for a covert operations tool, or really anyone could look for it, except Nila. The thing is, she spent her major favor to buy information from cable last session. And the covert operations tool is pretty scarce and therefore expensive. It takes a major favor, again, to get it from someone on loan. But you could ask around.
2: Gotcha. So the way that Vector would go about this, because she has worked on a lot of the machinery and robots within the swarm, or at least within our habitat, that that's the way that she would go about it is, hey, I have a really tricky project that I'm working on, I need to complete it for, for someone <laughs> can't think of too many specifics right now. This tool will help me complete it. Well, so that's kind of the, the route that she would take with that. If I need to,
1: yeah, you would need to roll your ad to see if someone bites or like has it available.
2: A five out of 50.
1: All right. You, you do find someone who has these things? And you notice uh, they are the don't ask too many questions kind. So there's probably a mutual understanding. You get your covert operations tool. Looks pretty good too. And uh, it's just hand waved. You don't have it on loan. It's yours now.
2: Wow. She wasn't expecting that. But obvious- This is
1: a gifting society.
2: That's fair. And she understands that she will have to gift the recipient at some point in the future.
1: That's how it works. Uh, I mean, this is a one-shot, so we don't have to really go into details there. But do mark off your major favor in Adrep. Again, Lila already used hers. And I would say to get ship, you have all spent your major favor for Firewall, basically through Maestro. You all boarded this spaceship and got a Vax suit. That's pretty expensive. So there you go. Any last preparations before you w- make your way to the airlock?
2: I think we're ready to dive in pet burst.
0: Ready to roll.
1: Some time passes. You are in a waiting area again. This time it's a bit different. This is an outside docking station, not for the spider buses. Basically just the size is a little bit different because this is now standardized to fit onto a tube that connects to a ship that hovers near this cylinder, and eventually you get a ping on the mesh for a secured connection. Hello, this is Firewall Sentinel Ship. Am I talking to Nila, Vector, and Maxine?
0: You are correct.
1: Very well. I need to inform you that I'm classified as a high-priority firewall asset. Is your mission high priority? It is. Can you please elaborate on the details that you are free to share with other sentinels?
3: We're on a mission from Maestro and we are going to Fjornok.
1: This matches what I have been told. I will check this back with the other proxies. You can board with the ship now.
3: And so we board.
1: You float, as I said, through a little connecting tube. The ship you end up in is extremely tiny. You think if you stacked people up like Tetris blocks, you could maybe fit five in there. You would probably need to fill the room with shock absorbent gel because it would be so uncomfortable. So right now, think yourself as essentially luggage. You are strapped to wherever is possible without kicking each other. Essentially, this is just like a compartment and you float in there lengthwise strap yourself to the wall and then there's basically no room in between you if you stretch out your arms you're basically touching everyone at once your gear of course is difficult nila you probably have to wrap your arms around your guns at all times or strap them around you servitor bot same deal you can kind of like collapse it downwards so all its instruments are hidden and it doesn't doesn't have any rough edges, but still, you probably need to hold on or strap it to yourself for the duration of the journey. Vector, I don't think you brought anything too large. Your covert operations tool, thankfully, is just like a hand tool. You could have it in like a pocket or on your belt if you wear one. Yeah, it's not that great. The airlock seals up behind you again, and you hear a metallic clunk as. The pipe dismantles from the ship and it takes off. Just a message to the sentinels on board. We are headed to 400. The mesh connection is going to drop out in approximately three hours. And then we will be on our way for about eight. I will provide scans of the area as soon as possible. Also, as soon as we are out of sight, I'm turning the appearance of the shuttle from tourist shuttle into stealth mode so it will be entirely invisible
0: sounds good ship thank you max is gonna look at nila and say so wow they really did not spare any expense for this ride it's because i made fun of this painting isn't it
3: yeah it may very well have been but it may also not be we don't need that much extra space do we you say that because you're a skinny girl
0: when you are a full-figured woman, you need Space Girl.
2: Just think of it as an opportunity for us to uh, become a better team.
0: Max will laugh at that and just nod at her.
2: So, Vector, is there anything you want to share with the group while we are in this very tight space? Actually, now that you mention it, something that I've, I've talked with Max about before that I, I haven't shared with you, I have a loved one that's on Mars, and you, you mentioned that earlier, and it sounds like a sensitive subject, but how, how familiar with Mars are you?
3: Nila will sigh and say, well, I've seen multiple layers of that society, and I'm not planning on going back there, but you could say
2: I've been around the place. You see a little bit of disappointment on Vector's face, but she's trying to, to brush it off. Okay. Yeah, I I hear Mars can be a very dangerous and interesting place.
3: Have you been there yourself, or have you just had Mesh connection with
2: your significant other? Uh, Yeah, you could say I've been there. You might get the sense that Vector's matching your caginess about the subject. You know, Mars sort of was where I
3: was picked up, so that's why I'm sort of trying to move around that subject, if you can understand what I mean.
2: Of course. I can only assume it was a traumatic experience for you, and not wanting to visit it again makes perfect sense. Not
3: being welcome there is
2: another reason to not go back.
3: Oh. Eh, I, I could go back. That's not the point. But basically... Okay, look. My family... Not the greatest family to have. And they are there. And they don't like what I've become. So I'll just stay out of their way. They'll stay out of mine. If I don't go back to Mars, I don't have to go back to them ever again. So what makes that you are not there at this moment? If it's your loved one, like, not that I have much experience, but I think you would want to be with them, right?
2: More than anything, unfortunately, my loved one is currently in prison. It it makes it a little bit more tricky to to go to them, especially given the circumstances.
0: Let's just say it has to do with my my hobby of uh, multiplicity. Max is going to look at Neela and just very subtly shake her head as if saying, don't open that can of worms.
3: Having worked with Vector before, I think we established Neela and Vector knew each other already. So she nods at the head shake. Yeah, prison seems to complicate relationships more often than not. So Max, I don't think we ever met before yesterday. So maybe this morning? It was this morning. So what
0: can you tell us about you, I'm one of the originals. I was here while Earth was still intact. I was one of the first ones sent out to Mars to work on stacks. And uh, let's just say I lost my family when we lost the Earth. So I don't have much other than my work. And I like to keep it that way.
3: Ah, so that's how you became some sort of brain doctor. I get it,
0: I think. The body dies, but the mind goes on.
1: I'm assuming you talk for a while longer. And I would say this is actually very cathartic to you all, confessing in the people around you that you deal with through Firewall. What drives you? What makes you go on? What worries you? So you can all roll me 1d6 and subtract that from your current stress. Looks like that paid off. You all rolled pretty well. Two fives and one four. Time passes. You can't move, which is very uncomfortable. It's a little bit like the sensation that you, the players know from being stuck in economy class on a really cheap flight. Your knees bump up against everything. Your arms, you have to keep wrapped around you with things on your lap that you can't put in any other compartment or strapped around you. Transhumans do have it a bit easier. Your muses have. Some software with them, and you can just basically decide okay, I'm doing my own little simul space game. This time, not something like Pokemon where you play with other people over the mesh, but you know, just your own thing. Maybe you enjoy some XPs, basically movies, and you retreat yourself into sleep mode, which you don't have to really fight for. You can just flick a switch essentially, and your body follows your will. This also means you get a normal rest, which replenishes your pools. So if you have used any vigor inside Moxie or Flex, those are now replenished to the original value. But whether you are awake or not, after like half a day, you get a message from SHIP, your friendly pilot AI. And attached are scans of the surface of the moon Fornjot colorized so in front of you you have this rock it's not perfectly spherical it's kind of irregular shaped but not very bumpy either it doesn't have any deep craters or ridges or cliffs or something like that it's tiny I think like the circumference is six kilometers it's really just a piece of rock or actually it's mostly ice ice with like a rock composition mixed into it it has a brownish red appearance because of the iron content but you find the natural structure of this uh, rock has been modified quite a bit along the entire moon you find there are symbols and i just took a look at along your character sheets no one of you understands hebrew uh, but i think you would know enough to like make the connection okay these are some This is some Christian sect. They probably have this connection. So yeah, the entire thing is covered in Hebrew letters along this red rock. They have made highlights, dark spots that form letters. There's also one structure, one building, if you want, or habitat. It is a set of connected domes. Think of it as like a a flower. You have one big dome in the middle and petals around it connecting domes. In total, you have nine domes, the big one in the middle, and eight around it. It is one structure with an obvious docking airlock. It's very big. It has a white background color and on it is depicted a golden cherub with a lion head. The other domes look more, well, normal. They all have emergency airlocks, smaller ones. They are also decorated with Hebrew letters, but it seems that much of this is actually bought essentially off the shelf. There's a couple of habitat designs like this that have made the rounds that get re- get reused because they just work. And if you want to make customizations like this, you are essentially on your own. But it appears that they put a lot of effort into like spreading their message. If someone is in their area, they want them to know. This is like uh, our outpost. This is the place of the Covenant of the Cherubim. Ship points out a couple of things in the image by zooming in and putting like radar dots on them. We're closing in on Fornjot right now. There's a couple of peculiar things I wanted to point out to you. First... There's about 12 Guardian bots around the station, which appear to be non-functional. Not idle, but non-functional. They are stuck in mid-patrolling position, it seems, but not moving. Also, zoom in again to the main airlock. You see there's a dead little girl floating in front of it, frozen solid in space. Also, there's a dead neotenic morph floating in front of the main airlock.
2: Okay, so clearly we're starting to see this and we're all a little bit shocked because we were expecting a functioning outpost. And now it kind of sounds like the, uh, you know, that Christian engineers union people might have just come in and uh, had fun. Maybe this was the last place that they wanted to to stop off at for a while. If that's the case, then
3: A, I'm happy I brought this puppy along and she's petting her assault rifle. And B, it means that we have very limited time left. If this is what is also on the inside, there's nothing left to lose over here. So why stash the bomb here other than let it explode here as
0: soon as possible? It's making me very worried at least. Max is going to nod. She's hugging onto her service bot. And she's thinking along the same lines as Neela. If they came here and they wasted this whole place, that must mean that they're probably already off this rock and ready to blow it up. So she's nodding at Neela, saying, I agree, whatever we have to do, we have very little time to do it in, or else we may not make it out of here.
1: Ship comes up again. Do you want me to request landing permission Or do you want to land on the surface of the moon?
2: I I do have a question for you, ship. Are you able to detect any active morphs in the habitat?
1: Not yet. My scanners can't penetrate through the outer hull. I do see heat signatures and activities and active electricity. And there's a mesh connection that I have not hooked up to yet. Right now, we are still in stealth mode.
2: It it sounds like we should probably approach this on the more stealthy route. I agree.
3: Chip, drop us off on the surface and send this data to Firewall as well.
1: We will need to establish a communication link either on this station or another station. My antenna are not strong enough and I don't have any neutrino or quantum entangled transmitters. So unfortunately for now, I can just record. But of course, I will provide information to the proxies.
3: Ship, as soon as we land, will you be able to lift off and keep providing us with information from the outside?
1: It's possible, yes. For that, I would need to connect to the local Mesh interface to stay in contact with you.
3: Would you be able to do so stealthily?
1: Possibly. I will hide as a common drone In fact, it's probably a good idea to do so. If you need extraction, you will need to call me up.
3: Sounds good. I know it's a downgrade, but if you're willing to do so, then please do so.
1: Of course. Just keep me updated with mission details.
3: We'll we'll keep you posted. Don't
1: worry. Approaching the moon now, measuring the surface gravity, you get on your uh, feed a number that starts with a zero point, then many, many zeros, and then a six meters per second squared. The surface gravity of this lump of rock is so tiny, it is effectively zero. So you will have to watch out. You really need to cling to this rock. If you don't, you're kind of lost in space. I mean, I don't want to just, you know, shoot you off into space. You will automatically, of course, cling to the rock, but. Anything that you interact with will be difficult to do. Like Nila, if you want to draw your gun, it will be a challenge for you to hold on to the rock and draw your gun. Same with Vector and Maxine. It's just dangerous. You will need to get inside rather quickly. Ship drops you off in like a little valley next to one of the domes, the outer domes, of course. The inner one is hard to reach. And you are quite close to one of these emergency airlocks. And the rock beneath you is very coarse. And of course, it's ice. It's not sand or something like that. You can hold on to it pretty well. Your VAC suit and smart clothing provide enough protection to keep you around, actually for like a couple of hours if you needed to, but you probably don't want to.
3: No, we definitely don't. So I... Suggest we crawl over to this emergency airlock as quickly as our hands can drag us and try and get it open to get inside.
1: The airlock has a like a mechanical override being so saf- safety critical, you don't need mesh connection active to access it. So you can open the outer door and you get into like a little chamber double door chamber. You get in there, close the outer door again, and the chamber around you pressurizes. And your vac suits give you updates on the oxygen levels. And eventually you reach a breathable atmosphere. And you can, like, take off your masks at least for now. The inner airlock, though, doesn't automatically open, it seems. You're kind of stuck now.
2: This sounds like a a good point for vector to start looking for a place to connect with it again trying to be sneaky without giving away the, with the fact that hey somebody just decided to come in yeah
1: there's probably points where robots primitive ones like connect that you could hook up to or actually do you have do you have access jacks by the way you do i do okay yeah you can connect to other access jacks, then you don't need, you're not relying on wireless, which you probably could use.
2: Okay. If we connected to the network here, would that alert other people that, oh, hey, there's more people connecting?
1: Depends. You can set up your ego to be in private mode and to be anonymous. Uh, Private mode just means you don't really get Disturb, you don't show up in like a public feed. The anonymous thing, that's something you got hooked up with via firewall. It's essentially software that hides you from like system admins trying to keep a track of everyone and is online. They will know that someone came online, but it's just one user without a name. Probably looks weird in retrospect, but right now it's your best option, I would say.
2: To go the route of if I wanted to connect to it wirelessly, to have the um, the anonymizer function going, so I will relay that to Nila and Max. We could try to go in, and I can do try to open things up manually, as she points to her jacks, or and maybe come under the guise of "Hey, we're just drones," or I can connect wirelessly they'll know that someone's come online but they won't necessarily know who or right away it could give us an opportunity to figure out better what's going on but it could also break our stealth
3: another thing to consider is that if we don't go online with at least one uh connection we cannot reach ship at the moment but we could go in mechanically, see what the situation is inside, see how much that we saw on the outside is also happening on the inside, and decide then about establishing a mesh
2: connection. Okay. I'll prepare to turn that on when we want it. But for now, she'll take her access jack and plug in that way.
1: Right. You immediately notice the mesh here is fucked up. Like anything that you access had has really slow response time. You notice there's like a bunch of augmented reality adverts that say, thank you for installing blah, blah, blah software. It appears that a whole bunch of stuff is just reset to like default settings. And now you're getting these alerts like, please set up the security software. Please set up the firewall and so on. You find that there are a lot of like Processes running like kinda in the background, not really hidden. Nothing appears to be really hidden. You are a hacker. This is this is bad news. Like everything is just kinda out of place. No one really paid attention to like keep all the sensitive data hidden. They're like they're like processes running in the background that you don't know what they do, but they they request all kinds of data, a really weird mishmash. Of things, you uh, get immediate like access to life support systems if you wanted to. yeah, it's just kind of a mess. Also, you are swarmed with augmented reality advertisement pop-ups of sort, with religious chanting, really bad chanting, and it's very, well, maniacal. You hear the voice of Little girls saying, We are in paradise. The archangel Metatron is here, waiting to answer your every question. We are awaiting God to turn reality into light. But that will not happen until paradise has been completely cleansed. Your muse adjusts quickly uh, to these new kinds of adverts. It blocks all kinds of nonsense. And eventually you can find the door access
2: oh you guys see vector there for a moment just like completely zoning out and then just kind of mutters under her breath okay finally that's better and she'll work on opening the doors well you said that i had access currently to like life support right yeah oh no (laughs) is it terrible that my first thought is okay let's turn that off
1: well you can try (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, for the for the moment i'm not going to try that because that's something i would want to run past the two of them although i could we still have our own network set up between the three of us right we don't have to be connected to a mesh to do that
1: oh yeah you can always have your own local area network basically you have these bluetooth kind of thingies to communicate with one another as long as you're close together
2: gotcha she just kind of like pings the two of them, like, open doors, turn off life support, almost jokingly, and then goes to open the door.
1: You send a command to open the door, and there's a really awkward pause. You're not really used to systems that you are so close to, that you are connected to by a wire taking this long. It's not long. It's a fraction of a second, but it's a fraction of a second too long. But the door opens.
2: Is that just, like, could I rationalize that, hey, this might just be old stuff? Or there's something more troubling going on beneath everything?
1: With everything that you've seen, you think this is kind of broken. This is either really badly set up or just a complete mess and broken beyond belief right now and hanging on by a thread. Through the now open door, you see what you would guess is like a very common communications module that many habitats would use. You see these quite big, complex radar uh, machines. This is uh, specialized equipment doing all the really low-level antenna access, all the filtering and encoding and decoding of signals. That doesn't really strike you as odd. What does is there is a bunch of like stuff floating around as if someone recently tried to build something here, some new device and then gave up maybe or left for some reason. Like there's tools floating around and bits of wire and like a server case of sort and all kinds of components. The things, uh, the machines seem in order, but Someone did something here, apparently, recently, and didn't finish up, didn't clean up.
0: So basically, it sounds like people just ran off in a real hurry. Oh, that seems much more reasonable than
2: what I was thinking. I was just thinking they're probably so obsessed and focused on whatever it is that they do here that this is just a mess from their daily lives.
0: But uh, that's that's a nicer way to think about it, I guess. Looking at the system, can you sense if there are other people online? I would have to connect
2: to the mesh for that, but I could do some stooping around and see if I can get some information that way.
1: I mean, with the wire, you essentially connected to the mesh.
2: Okay, sorry, I misunderstood. Mm.
1: That's fine. But yeah, you can check on that quite easily, in fact, because again, nothing is hidden. You notice there are some registered egos in morphs. I mean, they are connected through their mesh inserts. That's what you can tell. It appears there are like six right now, not counting what you believe are u free. You see, most of them have the name Julius Gouda. One is called Toshiro Driscoll Toyoda. Also, you see there's a bunch of registered simul spaces. Some of them are really... Glitchy and weird. Some of them are like religious. You see these choirs chanting something. All of this is public. You could join these public simul spaces at any moment. And then you see one that catches your attention because it's just so weird. You see the backs of, or like the sides of a Japanese looking man, middle aged with a goatee. And besides him, like an androgynous-looking person pale with very yellow blonde hair and a rainbow eyebrow, a single one. And they're watching themselves. There's a essentially like a visualization in front of them that shows that very exact scene. They are watching from the side a Japanese-looking man with a goatee and a an androgynous-looking person with a rainbow eyebrow and very pale blonde hair and then in the inner image the two of them panic for a short moment and the image dissolves then the other two look at each other apparently confused at first or overwhelmed with what is happening they don't really talk or react they're just looking at each other in a weird pause and then the whole scene resets you have the Japanese-looking man with a goatee, besides him, the androgynous-looking person. They're looking into an inner image of themselves, and the entire thing happens again.
2: So it's just a loop of they're watching themselves, and then the image gets interrupted, and then it starts over again where they watch themselves. Yes. Yeah, I don't understand why anyone would do that. Max? Max? Maybe you have an idea. Uh, so, so guys, like I, I sense that there's six people here besides the three of us. And uh, it sounds like two of them are watching themselves in, like, oh, man, I'm having a hard time. This is just, oh, this place is weird. Watching themselves do what exactly, honey? Just standing there, watching themselves, almost as if it's like a, a mirror, but it's more like a, the camera, the, uh, she's she's really flabbergasted and has a hard time communicating. Just send us a snapshot. You can do that.
3: Just send us a snapshot on the over our internal connection. Come on, show me this weird
2: thing. All right, she'll do that real quick. See, that's how crazy this just, I mean, it caught me off guard. I didn't even think to do that. Uh, are they, are those two panicking? What the hell is happening over here? Is this the only one that's this weird? I mean, the other ones are weird too, but I get the sense that they're, they're places of worship for when there were people here. But yes, it's as, as far as I can tell, that's the only two that are doing it. I'm not sure about the other four.
3: Weird. Okay. Well, we do know they had something with forking themselves, right? So could it be that these are just mesh uploads of forks, watching mesh uploads of forks,
2: and so on?
1: You just hit gold right there.
2: (laughs) We started out as a World of Darkness podcast, but we have expanded our gameplay to multiple systems. Make sure to check out our games in Delta Green, Call of Cthulhu, Pathfinder, Thirteenth Age, and much more.